Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, this is Ben. This is my podcast, A Small Voice Conversations with Photographers. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I hope you're okay. America has a fantastic new president in the White House. Brilliant, fine, and wonderful man. So that should all work out fabulously well. Don't know why I bring that up. Just couldn't help it, really. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in iTunes, regardless of how you listen to it, and leave a brief review there while you're at it. You can make a small one-off donation or set up a tiny recurring payment on my website at bensmithphoto.com slash a small voice. If you need a new website and you're thinking of using Squarespace, let me know. I'll sort you out and you won't have to get your head around it yourself and everything will be awesome. And I'm frankly better value than anyone else. I think I'm getting the hang of this self-promotion, Lark. I should probably work on it a bit. Maybe, you know, it's probably not quite as nuanced as it should be, but what the hell, let's get to the point you know it's a post-truth world and all that might as well just uh speak frankly this week i had the pleasure of chatting with magnum member bika de porter bika is a 30 year old belgian photographer she has a master's degree in photography from the royal academy of fine art in ghent and in 2009 won the magnum expression award for her work in russia a project which later became her first book entitled umenya in which she established a unique working practice whereby she staged each night with a different stranger or strangers that she's met and she photographs them in their homes. She then repeated the process in the USA, which became the book I'm about to call it a day and has since done the same thing in Egypt, which will be made into a book later this year. She became a Magnum nominee in 2012 and was made a full member last year in 2016. So I hope you enjoy this chat I had with Bika Deporter. So you're in London to have a little uh, event tonight with Max Pincus, yeah. formerly of this very podcast. He was on episode 31. If any of my listeners want to go back and listen to Max, he was very interesting. Um, your fellow countryman, also Belgian. You're at the Barbican, and just tell, tell me a little bit about what you're going to be talking about. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk about our projects. Um, me personally, I will talk about how my different projects are evolving, how my photography work is changing uh, in, the, in the years. Um, my work is actually going into two directions. First, we have like the very documentary style work. And now um, I actually recently made a short fiction movie right. as well. So I think we'll talk about, about this, about fiction and photography. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these kind of things. Right. So that's very much Max's, Max's kind of area yeah. as well. This, this, yeah. this question of, you know, what's real and what isn't and whether that even matters or whether you can even really mm-hmm. say. Where, where do you put yourself on that spectrum then between... Well, let me read what does it, what does it say. It says, um, discussion will f- this is just something I got off the Magnum website. Discussion will focus on the individual practice of Magnum's new photographers from traditional photojournalism to a more art-based approach. So from traditional photojournalism to a more art-based approach, how do you kind of put yourself in that? I really don't know. I don't, and actually, I don't care, <laughs> to be honest. I don't like to categorize people or anything. I just... I don't know, I just make my work and I see that things are changing and that I'm like asking myself more and more questions about honesty and is it possible to be honest as a photographer? While in the beginning I never really asked myself these questions because for me it was logical that things were honest and um, like in the first projects I did it was so important to stand before the people I photographed um, in the first place as a person then as a photographer secondly and this things are changing because people expect things from you because sometimes you do assignments and so yeah because of this things are changing in my mind uh, yeah yeah i mean how, you were talking about how you're gonna discuss the way in which your work has mm. sort of evolved what what's the sort of bottom line um you, you know what, what how how has it evolved in your in your mind to be honest, I started studying photography um, without knowing Magnum even. Uh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know other photographers. Uh, I grew up, I think, in a quite a conservative little town. Uh, didn't go to museums, nothing. And I began photography in a very, 
um, not childish way, but very, I, like, I really followed my feeling all the yeah. time without any other people in my mind. You were kind of naive about... Yeah, very naive. Yeah. yeah. And just photographed like this. And this is how I found uh, the projects I'm doing now. And still, I really want to uh, closely, like, keep this naive feeling and... Um, yeah, this, this just follow my feeling yeah. kind of thing. And But the more you are in the photography world, the more difficult it gets to photograph like this. Mm. Do you think that, you know, it helps you to develop your own voice, as it were, not having any other references? Because I've talked about this with other people in the past, and I think it's interesting, you know, when people people come into it without being aware of, you know, the kind of landscape, the photo yeah, photographic yeah. landscape around them. Yeah, in a way, for me, I think it was a positive thing. Uh, but of course, yeah, you once you are in this, once you are interested in photography, you know, you get to know things. So course, it's un yeah. impossible to get back to this first point. Uh, yeah, of course. But for me, it, like, in a, way, in a way to find myself, my own voice, and not having any references, I think it was a good thing. Mm. Yeah. What, what led you to explore the, the video side of things and the fictional, well, the fiction and the video combined? Yeah, I have to say the, the, fic, the I don't know if it's fiction, actually. It's, it's really on a thin border between, right. because it's always with non-actors. Uh, I like, for example, the short movie I recently made uh, together with uh, a musician, Matthias de Krane. We actually had a residency in Norway, in the northern part of Norway during the winter. And we were there for one month and we didn't have a concept, but I wanted to yeah, film people inside their homes and make portraits of people and then also portraits of the harsh nat nature around. Um, so... We just meet people in this little town that I, maybe 100 people living there, 200 people living there. And we go to their home and see what happens. And then we kind of, like most portraits are taken in their home, but we kind of twist it in a way. Like right. we make it a little bit fiction. So I really don't know how to... Yeah, yeah, categorize it. Yeah. Which um, is, as you say, you know, maybe you, maybe none of that really matters too much. And certainly not, not to me. Not to you, no. Yeah. But this, um, well, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about this extensively because it's very much kind of central to, to this practice you develop. You're, clearly, you're still going into other people's homes and, and that's all, it's a continuum sort of yeah. thing. Um, and that, that's, that's what you have always done um, and that's what you did for your first project. But before we, let's have a little bit of context before that. I mean, you said you grew up in, in quite a conservative... I think I heard read you saying that you you never went to... Any, your parents didn't... Were they, they weren't interested in, in art or... Not... Uh, my, my mother would be very furious if I say this now. <laughs> uh, because now she's painting and oh, really? drawing herself. Yeah, so she, she started now. Oh, okay. Uh, so she does have some uh, yeah, artists. Yeah, sure. And they were always very... I mean, we could do whatever we wanted to. They never kind of... Uh, I mean, yeah. But... No, I didn't grow up in mm. in an artistic family. So, what were you into when you were younger? Then, when you were growing up as a teenager, mm. before you discovered photography, I I was playing theater. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and um, well, theater, not seriously. I was playing volleyball, uh, like a lot of sports. I'm I did I I went to the youth movement. Mm. Like I was outside all the time. Yeah. Okay. What what were you like at school? Were you were you a bit of a high flyer? Were you academically successful? <laughs> I was okay, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm just wondering because you know, I think uh, <laughs> you know, you, you what you've achieved at the stage you are in life in terms of your photographic career is pretty remarkable. So I'm just wondering if that's merely a pattern that you that has been uh, you know been with you for a long time. I don't know. I don't think about it like this, but um, I. I, I I just all, always like followed my feeling. If I if I like to do something, I just did it. Mm. Like, and that's how my project started as well. Like, if I wanted to go, if I was curious about Russia, I just went and see what happens. And I think in my life, it's always like this. Also, like, like the choice to really study photography was it wasn't a logical choice, mm. uh, but I kind of read it on the internet. There was a school. Uh, I didn't dare to like go to the entrance exam and then two days before I inscribed and then I did it and then the week after I was there and I finally I found the right uh, people to be around it or the right place to 
yeah, to mm. talk not anymore with words because that was always, it's a cliche, but for me, it was quite difficult to kind of explain myself. Mm. Yeah. So until, until you started that course, you hadn't even really taken any photographs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in any serious way? Of course, way. I did. No, not any serious. Right. Okay. So, you know, yeah, so you're really just fo following some kind of, you know, kind of inner voice yeah. in a way that's yeah. telling you to do these things. You're very instinctive in the way that you yeah. operate. Your graduation project mm -hmm. uh, is what became your first book. Yeah. Which again, you see, is quite, is fairly remarkable. Not many people turn their graduation, some people spend, you know, take 10 years to get their first book, if not more. Yeah. Did you ever imagine that it would become a book eventually when you started doing it? I never, uh, well, when I started doing it, not really, but I wanted, like, as a graduating project, I wanted to make a book. Um, but I never thought it would be published uh, for real. So uh, what you did was you went to Russia and... What was the plan? Was there a plan? Um, well, the plan was that I wanted to uh, travel with a Trans-Siberian train and I wanted to go to small villages. But still now, every time I start a project, it's very wide. So I don't want to narrow it too much because then I think if you narrow it too much, you don't see important things anymore. So the only thing I knew was I do something around Trans-Siberian um, rail railway and I got to know one um, uh, one girl in Russia, in Moscow, the, uh, through the internet. And I slept uh, at her place for one night before my journey. And I asked her to write a letter for me because I didn't have the money to spend um, for hotels. And I wanted to go to villages where there were no hotels. So in the beginning, this letter was just a way for me to kind of yeah, find a place to sleep. And I started to um, go to the villages and at night I looked for a place to spend the night with this letter. And then very soon I realized, oh my God, this is probably for me a very good way to photograph uh, because people opened up in a very short period. Uh, I could photograph in the intimacy of their families. And to be honest, before, um, I never really felt very comfortable with uh, photography like in the streets uh, because I always had a feeling that I'm stealing something from people and then with taking these pictures into their homes I felt very comfortable mm. so I thought okay maybe I just start to do this and maybe this is my project like every doing looking for a place every night and then that's how it started right actually. okay so you've done a bit of street photography broadly speaking before that before yeah yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you, you didn't, f yeah, there's something about snapping people without them realizing or without any explicit consent yeah. that bothered you. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I heard you say that you're not particularly self-confident, but if you had to go up to strangers with this note and not speaking the language and all that, and I mean, you must have a certain amount of self-confidence <laughs> to do that. Yeah, but still every, every day, I think bigger. What are you doing? Are you really doing it again? And then, even though every time I'm on a plane, I, I think, oh, really? But then every time, I, like, then I do it. Mm. I don't know how sometimes, and then I feel, then it's fine. So you kind of, yeah. yeah it's always a struggle. Right, like, you're having not, to force yourself yeah, to, yeah. It's always a struggle, and I think it will always be a struggle. Right. That's interesting. That's also what I like, I think, to kind of put myself in this situation. And Right. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you ever did it then? Uh, the first night. Yeah, where, where you actually came to the realization that that would uh, yeah. could lead to some interesting photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, one picture I made, very like a woman in front of the mirror. And I don't know, she took me... Uh, we didn't say a word. We walked around the city together, arm in arm, like very simple things. And then we watched the Russian version of The Bold and the Beautiful together. And she took a picture of me. I took a picture of her and then we went to sleep. But very, it sounds very simple, but it was so, such a beautiful, strong moment mm. without any language. And that was also something that intrigued me a lot that... I had the feeling that I got to know the people maybe even better in silence than if we could talk. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How, how did um, the fact that you couldn't communicate have an impact on the photographs in a way? 
Yeah, I think there is a big difference. I mean, maybe not a big difference, but there is a difference between my work in Russia and then you have my work um, in the United States um, where I actually did the same. And in the States, people, like before I actually photographed, a lot of people talked to me and talked about their life, asked me questions and... Um, my pictures there are more portraits of people and I think that's because I I kind of know their background in a way uh, and in this way my photography changed while in Russia and also in Egypt um, I don't speak the language and the photographs are more atmospheres mm. so I think that's how yeah how did you make sure you, that you were safe in as much as you can did you have rules for yourself Yeah, I always, one rule is find a place to sleep before it's dark. Mm. Uh, and then just again, uh, trust my own, yeah, what I think about people. And I would never knock on doors, uh, but I look at people, how they walk in the street. Uh, if I ask the question, how they look at me, if they look at my eyes or if they look at my camera, it tells a lot about them. So sometimes if I ask the question, Uh, it depends on their an answer I would change my mind and like nothing really bad happened um, with the people I met uh, uh, on the street and met the people I asked mm. if something happened it was always with a neighbor or maybe a friend who is visiting or something like this right but, but not the actual person no, never so that's interesting but again you really you're trusting your instincts to yeah. a large extent yeah, yeah, yeah did it take you by surprise how much people were prepared to let you photograph them in, in very intimate mm -hmm. circumstances. Did that, did that surprise you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was amazed, actually, that they opened up. So, um, not everyone, of course, but a lot of them opened up very easily. And I think it has something to do with the fact that I'm going away the next day Uh, and we both know that it's for one evening and then the next day we will never see each other again and also me I feel that I'm I open up to to them as well in a way I don't do with my friends sometimes oh really because so you, it's a it's a two-way yeah it's street. yeah for me photography it's always a conversation it's a two-way thing yeah yeah and as when I feel like it's a one-way thing then I don't feel comfortable anymore mm. What particular um, interactions do you remember or, or stick with you? And what were some of the stories that people told you about the, about themselves? Can you think of any examples? There was, there's one picture in the book of, um, I'm about to call it a day, of a suicide letter of a woman. And it was a letter in her diary and we were sitting on her bed talking and she really wanted to share her diary and that I could read in it instead of her talking about it. So, and I know her husband was in the room next to us and he never knew about uh, her uh, wanting to commit su suicide. So for me, it was a very special moment. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's an example. It's almost, you know, you're being treated as, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a confession or something. But you, like you say, you're, you're a stranger and therefore in, in some ways that makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, you mentioned I'm, I'm about to call it a day. So that that was the that became the book which was based on the American stuff. But but you know the Russian stuff was uh, is it Umenia yeah. the book? What happened? Where did that title come from? Does it mean something or is it a name? It means with me. Okay. Um, and actually, in the in the Russian language, communistic, it, it still have some influences from it. Like if people say, for example, if we say the scar is uh, from me they say the scar is with me and they they use the same they also use with me if they say come with me in my house okay yeah. okay how did it normally work then did did people realize that you know you were going to want to take pictures right from the beginning or or did you just leave you know leave that aside and ask them to stay just as someone who wanted to stay what was that how, can you talk me through how it worked you mean how it goes uh Yeah, I'm just wondering once you once you've asked once you've given them your note which says please can I crash at your place, do you think that they would be aware right from the beginning, given that you can't really communicate beyond that that you were wanting to take pictures? Yeah, yeah, I always had my camera uh, around me with me if uh, I asked these questions and I kind of, I mean, 
I made clear I had a little note that said that I was taking pictures as well so um, yeah and I think for the project if I a lot of people for example took me into the sauna uh, and I photographed there as well but if I just would take my camera on this moment I would never be able to take this picture so Mm. I take a lot of photographs before the actual moment that for me is interesting from the moment we meet they see that it's me and my camera together Mm, mm. they don't ask so many questions about it it's very normal thing yeah yeah the note said i'm looking for a place to to spend the night i don't want to stay at a hotel because i don't have much money and i have to and i'd love to see how people live in russia perhaps i could crash at your place Thank you very much for your help. Yeah, like I know that. it's strange. It's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> no, but it's perfect because it's you know it cuts it gets to the point. You know. Yeah, very very quickly. <laughs> um, the other thing that kind of happened was that really you you focused well you began to um, favor photographs of people before bedtime. How did that come about? Was that a deliberate thing, or did that was there just a moment when that became yeah a thing? For me, first, um, the night is very important for me. Like darkness and when the sun goes down, in my op- in my feeling, people change in a way. Like uh, for me as well, things are sometimes I really look forward to the moment it's getting dark. And also, if people go home, like when you're outside, may- sometimes and often you pre- pretend to be someone. And if you're if you are home, coming home. I think you're more real in a way. And even like the moment right before you go to sleep, it's very much of a moment for yourself and you're in your own thoughts. And that's really like this moment, it's really something I uh, like to capture. Mm. So once you'd finished the project, I think you did three trips or something over a period of time. Um, Just walk me through how the book came about. Did you did you start approaching publishers or did someone become aware of the work or how did it happen? Um, I won a Magnum Expression Award right. a prize and then the publisher um, asked me to um, to come and talk about maybe working together in the future and then I was sitting there and then at the end of the conversation, he said, let's uh, publish the book. Right. Let's okay. make a book. <laughs> nice. So and I said, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty straightforward. Well, yeah. No problems there. But it came out of the fact that you'd won the, 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 the expression I award. Think I, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure. Or maybe he saw my work at the graduation project uh, show. I, I am not really sure. Right. But okay. it's around the same period. Yeah. Right. So then you sort of took the you took the same idea and you went to the states and that became I'm about to call it a night. A day. I'm, I'm about to call <laughs> it a, a day. Sorry. Yeah. Which is a great title. I love I love that title. Is that it's the kind of I've got a thing about titles because I think they are important. You know. Yeah. And uh, the first time I saw that book, didn't know anything about your work, but I, I was like, I'm already. I'm already halfway. I haven't even opened it yet. Okay. I'm, I'm already, you know what I mean? But that's just me. I don't know. Some people don't care about titles, but I just thought, yeah, I like that. I guess what were the immediate differences between doing the thing in Russia and doing the same thing in the States? Did it become apparent straight away? Mm. Because as you say, people could question you just in slightly more depth about what you were doing. Did that have an impact? Yeah, that had a change, an impact on my photographs. But uh, a lot of people always ask me what's the difference between Egypt and the States and Russia. But for me, it has um, the work has much more to do with the similarities yeah, and differences. Yeah, that's what I was going yeah. uh, to be. Yeah, I, I also like to show the three projects, uh, even in exhibition, uh, all three together without even seeing where it's taken. And it gets really difficult to see where it's taken. And I think that's an interesting thing more than mm. focusing on the differences. It's more. It's something more about the sort of common humanity, really, the things yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. that link us For all sure. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I was going to ask you about some of the specific images. There's a scene um, in a bedroom. There's about ten people in there, and there's a girl doing her makeup. This is in in America, right? It's there's like a it's not anymore in the book. I think really that image. It it's was. on a Magnum White website, right? Ah, was it, did it not make it into the book? No, no, no. Ah, that's interesting. I, I don't think so. 
because I just thought it was it is yeah I liked it it was a good image uh, I mean there's lots of great images in there maybe maybe yeah was, I didn't like it anymore oh really because <laughs> oh, there's there's one that's very similar what was interesting is there's one that's very similar from Egypt yeah with a lot you know yeah, similar number yeah, of people yeah, yeah. yeah no it didn't make it any so there was a, there was a okay oh I picked the wrong one there didn't I okay. <laughs> the Egyptian one will be will be in the book okay yeah um, and yeah we should well we will mention but we should we should point out that that, that work is going to be also a book I think later this year isn't it yes okay. and it should be published in October wonderful okay yeah. okay yeah um, but we'll, I think we'll get on to the Egypt stuff. I just want to stick with America for now. Um, right. what, there's a lady in a hot spring. Yes. Which, what, tell me about that one. That's a photograph taken in New Mexico in a little town named Las Vegas. And I was with this woman in her house and very quiet. She talked a lot about uh, her being ill before. And uh, I think we were reading a book. And then suddenly she asked me, do you have your swimsuit with you? And I said, of course, yes. And then we drove quite far away into the forest. Uh, and she took me to this wonderful place, a uh, very filmic atmosphere um, in the middle of the forest. Like it's a hot spring where we took a bath. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. There's one with an elderly couple in bed. Yeah. A very intimate moment. Tell me about that one. Uh, I... I um, they were very nice and very, lo I mean, they're really loving together. How uh, did you, I mean, where did you come across them? How, how did that I meeting met, happen? Yeah, I met the woman and she was taking f food out of a um, garbage can, actually, <laughs> for her dogs. Uh, and I was starting to talk with her and uh, it was nice. She was so nice and... Uh, then I asked I just asked her uh, the project and we went to her home and we had a very nice night and then the next day they invited me to a wedding where they were not really invited themselves so <laughs> very strange oh, really? and then we slept in a hotel together and then I went I, oh, cool. uh, yeah all right but I think because the picture that must be their own that's in their own it's in bedroom. their own bed yeah yeah, yeah. and then there's a, there's one which comes up quite a lot which is the family in the car with the lights yeah, reflecting yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Those people. That's a picture taken in uh, Texas, and uh, it was a, uh, also a very interesting family. Three of them uh, were quite sick, um, and they were normally. I don't have a problem of sleeping anywhere, but they lived in a trailer with rats and uh, cockroaches, and it was not the best place <laughs> to be in. Also, not for them, and so they didn't really like to be in their own house they actually lived in their car so after school they uh, took their two children from school and then they drove around into the city and they that night they they bought uh, popcorn and sodas and they went to the neighborhoods of the rich people uh, to look at the christmas lights wow yeah see that's interesting because i guess you know the the, th the thing that comes to mind about that is that because you don't use captions mm -hmm. you don't get any of that backstory but that doesn't bother you no you no, prefer no. it that way yeah because some people get very um some people really can't handle the fact that there's no cap you know I some know. people get really is that was that quite a controversial thing to not have any captions yeah every time my photographs are published uh, in a newspaper or magazine i always get an email back from the editor like because you forgot your captions and then there is like five six emails going back and forth to explain that for me it's really important that I'm scared of captures sometimes like often you see a caption like what is going on in the in the picture you read the caption first you see the picture okay you've seen what is in the caption and then you go to the next uh, pic uh, photograph and for me it's really important that uh, for me it's free people can interpret uh, work as they want mm. Yeah, of course, and, and I think that's, that's part of the joy of photography is that you can bring your own story yeah. to this stuff. Some some people, I guess, if they're especially see if they're seeing it as documentary in some way, um, they want the facts or that they feel uncomfortable with the fact that they don't know what the context is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's interesting that that's the way that you approach it. Do you think the American work became more about that question of what's real and yeah, what's yeah. fiction? Yeah, there I, I changed already to like, for me, it has kind of a cinematographic feel in it. Yeah, I yeah, don't know definitely. how to describe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's also 
uh, like the book is quite big and it's single pictures and for me it's sometimes it's, it it functions like maybe movie stills like one picture at a time and you can have your own story with each photograph mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it seems like that, that it was a very natural evolution the way that that's happened. From, yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah. it's almost impossible to explain how that happens sometimes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you just change. You, yeah. I mean, you get older, you, yeah. Have you had uh, any criticism of voyeurism? In, uh, that the work is voyeuristic in some way. I, I was reading some com comments. Never read comments. I mean, I think that's probably a rule we should all follow, you know, on the internet. Just don't read comments, <laughs> period. Just never do it, right? But if you do do it for, this, for the purposes of research, you get um, an interesting array, uh, array of opinions. I mean, it seems to me that the fact that these people gave you consent that they knew what you were doing and they, mm -hmm. and they gave you a blessing. Um, it you know, kind of deals with that argument straight away. Yeah, I always ask people and I, ve I very much feel comfortable um, with taking pictures because they allow me and we, have, we build up a relationship uh, in a very short time. And if people, like in Egypt, for example, sometimes it's really difficult to find people because I cannot photograph women often. People think we are spies. It's really complicated. But it's fine. I don't photograph them if it's if it's uh, if they don't allow me. And we are always very honest um, with the fact that we it's for a book and an mm. exhibition. And yeah, yeah. So you you did take the the, the, the idea to to Egypt and to to repeat the the process as it were. And 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 did you expect that to be more difficult right yeah. from the start? It all started. Uh, I was invited to go to Egypt uh, with other Belgian photographers for a project to do something in the shadow of the revolution in 2011. And in that period, I was working very intensively on the Egypt on the American book. So I wanted to do something else. So I was walking around in the neighborhoods again, very open-minded. And I felt that it was so difficult to really get into the houses. Like people were very friendly and they invite you for tea, but always in the first room of the house. Like they have a very beautiful first room and then you could never really go further. And as soon as I wanted to photograph, it became very complicated um, uh, Yeah, because of the culture, um, sometimes also because of religion. And especially also because of the time we were doing the project. As soon as I was um, in the years, it became more and more difficult because people started to think we were spies. And even when we did the photo, uh, the when I did the project uh, on the internet, on on the state TV, sometimes they had advertisements against foreigners. So mm -hmm. I thought, in this. Um, culture of mistrust maybe it's it's really interesting to 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 try to gain the trust of people so i thought if i do this project once more it really has to be here mm. so and again it was for you it's just a, it was just a challenge in a way you yeah you, try, you know yeah, you yeah. like it when it when it gets difficult. i never thought it would yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i don't really like it <laughs> well you seem to you seem to welcome it yeah yeah it's interesting because i yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you did you did I mean you got into you got into a few scrapes. There was a problem. There was a crowd scene. I mean you got involved in a crowd in a situation where mm -hmm. you know it was a bit difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. But then that led to an interesting uh, encounter with a I think with a policewoman, wasn't it? Oh yeah. How, yeah tell yeah. me about tell me about how that all ha that all happened. Uh, it was in Menya, and that's um, it's a it's a it's a city in Egypt where eighty percent of the people of the population are Christians. And we went there after uh, there was on a, on a certain moment, a lot of churches were put on fire and houses of Christian people. So we went one month after and we were in a neighborhood and it was a very tricky moment uh, in uh, during the revolution. There was a curfew. We couldn't go out after uh, seven at night. Uh, so, but we decided to go because it was for the project important. Um, to again in this um, yeah in this period to take to try to take photographs, so we were in a, in a neighborhood and suddenly just one guy pointed at us. It often happens, spies, spies, <laughs> and then so many people around, uh, two hundred people, I don't know how many, but like trying to kind of attacking us, bringing us to the police. 
But yeah, if they bring us to the police, then the problem starts. And an old man took us took us out of the crowd uh, and brought us to a taxi. Um, yeah, a small in a small alley, and we kind of gave up that day. Uh, we were sitting at the corniche and like n next to the water, eating something, like feeling very. I was really shivering because it was a tricky moment. Mm. And then uh, suddenly, a woman came to us very friendly what are you doing here do you want to sleep at my place without us asking any questions wow uh, and she was uh, indeed a police woman uh, very open uh, very nice and then we spent the night uh, i spent the night at her mm. at her house yeah. yeah so everything i mean are you generally optimistic that things will work out okay do you yeah. think yeah because, i try <laughs> yeah oh and clearly in that case you know you've gone from a really difficult situation to, to Almost, you know, your perfect scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone's invited you to do the very thing that you you want to do. Yeah. Given all those challenges, which clearly you're quite good at kind of uh, facing, you know, those pictures from Egypt are very intimate, just as much, if not, if not more so than the others. How, again, does the work uh, differ from the Russian and American um, projects? I don't know. Again, mm. it's... Uh, I'm, again, older and different and... Again, I don't know the language. I, I, I work with a translator, a friend who is Egyptian, uh, who is Belgian but lives in Egypt. And we travel together, uh, we find a place and then she's going away. So I'm alone uh, during the night. So I don't speak the language again. And in a way, I think that's more close to the Russian work because again, the photographs are more atmospheres, I think, and less portraits. Mm. Um, Tell me a bit about, again, some of the, uh, families that you that you came across. What, do you have any particularly fond memories of Egypt, apart from the policewoman, obviously? Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the first families I spent the night with was a very very poor family. Uh, a woman. Uh, she divorced with her husband, and I think she had six children or something. And they were living in in Cairo. There is like the city of dead. It's uh, a city full of um, how do you sorry how do you say where uh, people a graveyard. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I start again now. You no, it's fine. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> they a, were a city full of graveyards. Yeah, a city full of um, graveyards, and they were living on top of the graveyards. Oh wow! Uh, so that was one of I think it was my first my second. Uh, evening in, in uh, Cairo uh, doing a project and that's all, uh, it was uh, very remarkable mm. but e really each each evening for me it's a different story and again a new adventure new people yeah uh, yeah there's so many like the most little things are for me the the best mm. like yeah it's difficult to point out uh, there, there must be almost a, a sense of slight excitement that you get every every time because you never quite know what's going to happen and yeah. in that sense like you say yeah. it's a little adventure every night yeah like for example there's a picture of a woman covering her mother with um, something to sleep under with a blanket a blanket uh, and sh and like she's throwing the blanket on her and they were laying down on the ground and like this little moment for me it's really beautiful but it's not like a big moment to talk about. But yeah. for me, it's very special. And yeah, uh, it's poignant. Yeah. What's the book going to be called? Do you know? Have you got a title yet? Uh, the working title is in between. Yeah. And it's going to be published by uh, Honeyball, the Belgian publisher, and then a co-publisher. But we're still yeah, it's uh, early days. Yeah. Yes, but that's going to be towards the end of the year in October. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I just want to ask you a little bit about this place magnum photos um how did you come to apply for magnum photos because you were with tendance flu yes the french uh, agency yeah and then at some point magnum happened Wa uh, walk me through it how did it go or? yeah well tell me the what was the process did did you uh, did someone suggest you did you apply or did you apply yeah they kind of yeah i don't know if i can actually tell everyone says this like it's some what? everyone says the same thing oh, i'm not sure i'm allowed to tell you like it's some big uh, <laughs> there's this kind of mysterious magnum process that no one's really allowed to talk about i find it fascinating one of these days i'm going to get to the bottom of it but i think yeah okay well that's fine but generally, I, get, they, I mean generally the way it seems to go is that someone here yeah. with a bit of 
you know juice decides that you know maybe th these are the young people we should look at and then and then you get the word that it might be a good idea for you to apply is that basically how yeah yeah but everyone can apply for me ah, like everyone uh, but not everyone applies on the same <laughs> on the same uh, yeah. it's not quite a level playing field they uh, we look to all the portfolios that right. everyone is showing okay uh, i think some photographers also get in like this yeah but uh, there were some people who advised me uh, to apply yeah and then they support supported me yeah. yeah do you remember the moment you found out that you were in because that must have been a little bit exciting yeah uh it was very i never really yeah it bec it was very quickly i mean i i applied like one week before and then I was in the next uh, week and I never thought about uh, uh, really? because yeah I was with Donald's flu so I never really thought about I mean I would love love to have to be in a magnum but it wasn't like uh, wasn't in your in your mind necessarily well of course it's it's a dream yeah yeah and uh, I I didn't know it was so close so yeah it was very nice to have this to get this phone call yeah mm -hmm. I imagine you did you celebrate. You uh, must have done. Magnum bottles, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then you actually became a full member. Well, you are a full member now. Yes. I think it took, probably took you two years or something. Four years. Four years. It's a process of minimum four years. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. All right. So when you get taken in as a nominee, do they, do they explain to you what you, know, what you have to do to, to not get chucked out before you become a full member? <laughs> you know, someone sit you down and say, right, this is, you know, or what? I mean, how, how does um, that... A lot of photographers uh, advised me to stay very close to myself mm. and not trying to photograph and think in their place, like think what would Magnum want from me. Yeah. Um, and I think I did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the main advice I got and the main advice I would give to other nominees. And uh, Right. Know. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah, what, what would you, for someone who in, who would very much like to be in your position one day what what would be the advice that would be the i think to, it's to do your own thing basically because that's what in a way that seems to be what magnum is all about really it's yeah. about you know you being your own yeah i think it's, if you if you create work i think it's good if you start to create it it's good to do it for yourself mm. in the first place and later you can think about an audience if you make a book or exhibition but if you make the work, I think you have to do it because you have to do it. Like, it's an urge. And I think that's the very important thing. It, was it a big relief when you finally got the full, the full membership? There, yes. must, there must be a bit, right? Because Some magnum a, models again. Yeah, I bet. Because there must be a, that sense of um, slight insecurity that you yeah. have before it's final that you, you get there. Yeah. I never realized um, that it gave me, in a way... Uh, some stress but then when because I always was very focused but then when I became a full member I felt like everything like mm. yeah going all that stress yeah <laughs> but I never thought I never really felt it and I never thought about it but yeah, it yeah. was there obviously of course yeah you weren't perhaps aware of it but yeah, yeah. of course it's it must be you know there's, there's, a, there's a big pressure on you because you want it yeah you, want you don't want to be the person who didn't ma didn't make it yeah. to, to the end and of course some people don't and whatever and I'm sure there are lots of reasons for that but yeah, I mean, it does take the pressure off a little bit. But then you've still, but then then you're a Magnum full member, and then there's a certain pressure that comes along with that. So it never really, yeah. <laughs> it never ends, right? I don't know why I'm, yeah, trying to stress you out now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and uh, how have you funded these these projects up to now? Mm. Different ways, or yeah, uh, many different ways. Um, I could start the USA project because I won the Magnum Expression Award. Mm. Uh, that's when I first. Uh, came to the states uh, it all depends uh, f uh, every month is different how uh, yeah. i earn my money and how i mean i find money for projects um some grants mm. um a journalistic grant for the egyptian work um it really depends do you, and do you how do you feel about doing sort of corporate commissions and that kind of thing are you into that or is that something are you a bit of a purist of as far as doing those kind of jobs because i don't i don't do a lot of assignments and mm. uh also not corporate but i don't have anything against it it, no. it all depends like i really i have to like the brand right. Uh, right and i have to i mean i couldn't do something that is not in my 
own um i don't know how to say but yeah like, no i know what you mean not yeah. A, yeah not in my view or anything yeah yeah um, but yeah but I'm, I'm wondering how you know magnum being in magnum is gonna is gonna help you in that sense because you know it's magnum and uh there must be some hope that that you know in terms of funding projects and stuff there's going to be you know or perhaps in, in in terms of other revenue streams like for instance doing corporate jobs um you know how, how has being in magnum helped you in that respect so far if it has at all yeah i think it works of course uh, the name and uh, a lot of brands approach magnum and then they come to the photographers so um yeah it works but for me i want to stay close to my personal work and i have some deadlines uh, for myself to go and travel and work on it and if something interesting uh, assignment comes in this period i don't do it so mm. it's quite difficult to find <laughs> things that fit in my um, yeah in my time but yeah, um, yeah it's yeah it's it's good to be here what would be your ideal working life in in five years time I and mean, how would things look in terms of how you're earning a living and doing your own projects would it be that i don't know you'd be selling prints or have you thought about that it would be nice to sell uh, more prints and make books and yeah. earn money with only that, that of course yeah. just <laughs> but everything all at once <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but i don't know how it's i don't i don't want to think about it no. we'll see yeah. what happens uh, yeah. i'm I, I i the only thing i hope that in five years i still feel the urge to make something mm. uh, what are you like 27 now or something 30 already are you yeah okay well, even so, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, so, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> what, um, you know, what, what do you want to improve about your photography? What, are you, what is your uh, goal in terms of your own work? Mm -hmm. I, I, for me, it's, these are very um, interesting times because I really feel and I see that my work is so much changing in a direction that I hope it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and with this short film I made, that's the direction I want to explore. Uh, but it's very photography related. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure I can learn so much about uh, filmmaking and uh, how to edit this. And I don't know, it's a new way, it's a new direction that I want to explore further. But I also want to stay close with the photography. So. I don't know. It's it's right. very yeah special moment. Yeah, now. but you can see definitely see yourself doing more moving pic, moving yeah. images stuff, more video. Yeah. I, you know what have you learned about yourself through being a photographer? All the interesting questions are coming. <laughs> um, I think a lot of things I learned um, about people. I always uh, want to start to see all the good in them. It's maybe it's very cliche, but if I like, I'm sure, especially in the states, that I spent the night with a lot of people who were in prison and did really bad things. But still, I want. I don't want to look at it in the first place if I meet someone and like start with a new something new, a new relationship. And what happens before for me, it doesn't matter. So um, this. I also learned a lot about lo being lonely. For me, um, photography, it's, it's really difficult as well. Like being all the time with yourself. Uh, I have to travel alone, otherwise I cannot photograph. So I have to be in this kind of lonely, uh, yeah, in this lonely mind. Uh, it, and it's a very difficult feeling, mm. I think. How, um, so how, how have you developed ways to deal with that i i cannot deal with it <laughs> really it's still a struggle yeah i guess photography because i i want to it's also th this this kind of feelings that i find very interesting in people like the lonely like yeah people on themselves um what they really think their real thoughts how they see the world and i think I think about a lot about it when I'm traveling, and I think that's something I want to capture in the photographs as well. But you're obviously quite good on, I mean, despite what you're saying, you're obviously quite good <laughs> at being on your own, you know, of doing it on your own. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Photography okay. can be a very solid, solitary yeah, uh, yeah. For thing. me, yeah, it has to, I mean, it has to be Yeah. as well. Uh, I have to be alone. Mm. It's complicated. It's really complicated 
complicated. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. Yeah, of and course. And I hate it and I love it again. <laughs> okay. So it's, yeah, it's both. Yeah. Do some of the photographers here, you know, act as mentors uh, kind of unofficially to, to you younger generation? Or do you feel that that, you know, you can, being in Magnum gives you the license to then seek out mentorship from some of these yeah, people yeah. who you admire? But I'm, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, we talk, if I want, I'm sure I can send my work to some people, but I do it not often. Mm. And I think it's a bad thing because I'm, I, if I work on a project, I'm very much in my own uh, world and I'm kind of scared to share it, scared that other people will not understand. Right. And then I only come out when I like it myself. And I think sometimes... I could really use advice and I'm sure I, yeah, I don't do it often. Mm. Don't ask often for advice. I should. What, what about with the editing process? Are you, are you very confident in your own editing decisions or, or do you, you know, collaborate with other people as far as editing goes? It's a bit the same. Um, I have some people around me, not necessarily Magnum photographers, but that I really trust mm. um, for a long time already and they are quite important for me. But the, the, the people who are putting the book together when you're doing a book project, again, I mean, is there a certain amount of collaboration with editing or do you just, you say, this is the edit and that's it, you, you've made the decision? The graphic design, you mean? or the Yeah, or the publishers themselves. You know, there, there's quite a lot. It depends, I guess, on the particular publisher and the particular individual, but there's very often a lot of collaboration with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. book people in terms of the actual final edit and the sequencing and all that. Sure. I work very close together with um, the graphic designer of my book, uh, Armand Mevis, uh, from Amsterdam. And I really trust him. And I think he always, uh, I like him so much because if you give work to him, uh, sometimes very classical, he can make it like a little bit uh, more special uh, because of how he designed the book. Uh, like, for example, in my Russian book, you have the sleeping places. I o always take a picture of the place where I spent the night. And this picture is folded into two. Uh, so you see only one picture and then a white page. And then in, inside the photographs, inside this bed, actually, you have the pictures of um, uh, that I took in the place where I took the picture of this bed. This is complicated if you right, don't no, see no, the no. book. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you. You know, but it's, it's the way in which, like you say, you know, they, they, a graphic designer can bring something extra yeah. that you yeah. wouldn't have. And that's something I would never thought about or never dare to do. And because we worked so close and he really knows how I'm thinking and uh, yeah, it's possible. So I think it's really important to like work together with people. Otherwise, for your to select your own work, it's so difficult because you're very close to your own work yeah, and exactly. you cannot say goodbye to pictures that are actually not very good, but you think they are good. Yeah. So you really need people to uh, like put your foot, foot, feet on the ground and say, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Bika, well, uh, bless you. Thank you for talking to me. Um, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, look forward to the, the Egypt booked when it comes out later in the year. And um, yeah, good luck with your presentation later tonight with Max. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you.